Blog Talk Radio. Aloha, good afternoon, and welcome to Talking Pictures. As always, I'm your host, Paul Booth. Happy Wednesday. Sorry, I've been a little bit behind the times lately as this world has been spinning, how it's been spinning. It's been a month tomorrow since the election, and I think the world is still spinning. It feels like a tilt-a-whirl some days. But we're so happy to be here today. We're going to be talking with a filmmaker from New York. I, I, I personally love when we have guests from New York. I love any guest that comes on, but I love guests from New York because I've been to New York a few times. I know that everybody has a different POV or unique POV, and uh, it's very cool to talk with uh, people that live in New York because you it is such a hustle bustle it is such a you know like it feels like four days have passed by noon um and so I'd love to have that on here especially because we're in LA we have people filmmakers from LA on we have filmmakers from uh 20 different states and our side listeners and I'm sorry I'm just a little, little bit uh I'm, I'm happy today I'm just stoked to be on air and you guys know that when I'm on air one of my biggest problems is not getting to it. So today we are going to talk with uh, uh, Miss Catherine Eaton, and we're going to talk about her film project that she's a part of it's on Kickstarter. It's t- titled The Sounding. I just want to let you know, uh, for our show, Talking Sure, we are not soliciting funds from guests, or uh, we are not going to become a Kickstarter show. So please, if you hear this, don't flood my email. Um, I really liked what this project was about. I liked the conversation I had with the filmmaker. So again, uh, Talking Pitch fully endorses this project, but we are in any way asking you, the listener, for money. So uh, with that, welcome, Catherine. Hi, Paul. Thanks so much for having me. Oh, you're very welcome. I, I appreciate you uh, listening to all the lawyer verbiage. <laughs> <laughs> It's no problem. It's no problem. I'm just, I'm happy to get the word out about the film and, and um, share the story of the project with people and hopefully get them interested and excited to see it. Uh, yes, I was, you know, I, I really liked it because I, of course, I, I also love learning from this show myself and I, I had never heard of the word otherness and I kind of, I don't know, I guess you learn something new every day. So that was what really kind of <laughs> grabbed grabbed me. And then, uh, so, you know, why don't we just get into it? Um, yeah. Feel free Great. to start yeah, where well, you want. Sure, yeah. So, so The Sounding is a feature film that is based on a short film um, that I directed and wrote, um, and The Sounding I co-wrote. Um, and it is, uh, ultimately, it is a film about uh, otherness. It's a film about a woman fighting to live um, her life with an, a kind of extreme form of otherness that she's chosen. So it takes place on an island off the coast of Maine. Um, and Olivia, Liv, is the main character. Um, and she has spent her, year, her years, her life silently 
she's she didn't speak as a child or or as an adult and um something happens in the film that causes her to begin to weave a language out of shakespeare's words so she takes on this kind of acquired language and this is a contemporary film that takes place today um but this acquired language is woven from the words of shakespeare so she'll use a line from hamlet and a line from king lear and a line from romeo and juliet to be able to express what she needs to say in this moment and um, this neurologist that was brought out to the island to uh, protect her independence discovers her speaking, and he commits her to a psychiatric hospital, and she becomes a full-blown rebel in the hospital, and her increasing violence there threatens to keep her locked up for life as she fights for her voice and her freedom and defends her difference. Um, so it's a, it's a narrative of a film that has, you know, otherness in a couple of different forms. It's it's and otherness is really just a stand-in word for diversity or difference. So it's a, it's the, the the main character of the protagonist is a female. So that right there puts her in the category of um, uh, difference, right? Of not the sort of not the natural or the instant or the immediate or the most um, kind of uh, assumed gaze, right? So she's a, she's a woman to begin with, and it's a woman's story. And then, um, but it's ultimately a human story because it's about making a decision that she wants to live a particular kind of life and then choosing to live that life um, on her own. It happens to be that this is, you know, focusing on the mind and on a mental condition. And so there's a form of otherness there as well, which is the mental health fringe um, and people with um, mental health challenges. It turns out that in uh, the United States alone, 43 million people are suffering with some form of mental illness. That's literally one in five, and that's just people that are diagnosed. So you can look around a subway car, and there will probably be at least 10 people who have been, uh, who are suffering from some form of mental illness that you, you may not be able to see. And it might be the person sitting next to you, um, but it's a rampant problem here in America and challenge. And also um, uh, um, it's, a, it's a huge population as well that is, needs to have their stories told. And so that's another form of otherness in the film. And then um, uh, it's also um, literally about, you know, someone who's, who's choosing to live a different form of life. So, so you have kind of a cross section of, of versions of otherness. And we, you know, we've been sort of having the challenge as a nation recently that regardless of what side of the divide you fall on, we are um, uh, at polar opposites in terms of what's happened with the election. There's been a polarizing of our country and our positions. And I think that all of us um, are craving unity and understanding and figuring out how to move forward together. Um, and I think it's more important than ever that we take care with the stories that we are putting out into the world, the narratives that we're putting out into the world and making sure that they add to that conversation rather than cheapen it or reduce it. Um, and the sounding, I believe, does that. And, and I hope that the audiences that watch it will find that it does that too. So I think that since the election, the narrative has sharpened um, because of that divide that we're all that we're all experiencing in the country and um, and I think in the world actually at large as well there's been a lot of polarizing that's been happening in other countries as well in France and elsewhere with the elections and Brexit and so forth so um, I think it's something where we are kind of trying to figure out how to have these conversations and understanding around difference and diversity and um, and this is a film that that doesn't just talk about tolerating difference. It talks about it talks about the value of difference and um, the importance of 
of diversity in the world. And um, yeah, so it's a film that I feel really passionately about. And I hope it's a film that other people are going to find important as well. Um, I think that there's a lot of different reasons to, to um, be engaged with the film. There are, there's the, there is that very specific narrative that has become sharper around otherness and, and championing diversity. There's also the fact that it's a female-made film. It was made by um, female producers, a female director, a female protagonist. I co-wrote the screenplay. Um, and that's exciting largely because um, there's been a deficit of female directors and female-made films in the world. And I'm a huge advocate for di- diversity behind the camera, and that diversity might come from any individual. There might be a unique story in any individual. Um, I think it's important that we open up who those opportunities go to. So that's exciting. And yeah, uh, we can do that, that by supporting those. Tech, that, get, that gave me a question. It was like what we said on, on the phone the other day that I – I personally had a very rare experience in the business. Uh, this will go into how you mentioned, um, you know, she's locked up because she talks, and that's a definite, you know, Spike Lee jab. Uh, it sounds like Spike Lee directed One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, um, which is great because <laughs> I love Spike Lee and I love Cuckoo's Nest. But um, I, I thought that, I mean, I thought that was, you know, that was a great, the least crazy guy was the only one locked up. So I thought that was a great, you know, um, so, uh, what I, what I was wondering was, and again, we've talked about this on the phone and it's always, a it's, you know, this, what's went on in our country has made everything so touchy and, and I, and I can't stand that because I, I feel like now you can only talk to someone if you've known them 10 years or 15 years or 20 years and they know you're not assaulting their thoughts on healthcare or God forbid you didn't vote for who they did. And people kind of mm-hmm. forgot, mm-hmm. you know, that there's a, that I have the right to vote for who I vote for and, and it's not your business and you shouldn't judge me by who I vote for. But now we've come to a point, like you said, where it, we do know the kind of person that voted for who they voted for. I'm not going to say I don't, I know good people who did vote for the, I will, I will never call him president, but who did vote for who won the election and they're not bad mm-hmm. people. You know, they're not skinheads. They're not, uh, you know, there's that label. I can say white trash because my dad's born in Missouri, so I'm not insulting anyone. Um, I have it in my blood. Um, but, you know, I was taught to not be racist because my dad would watch his uncles be racist and my dad would watch my grandfather be racist. So he mm-hmm. chose that his kids would accept people. So I have friends from 10 different countries and, you know, we all talk about the same things and we have the same fears and, you know, the deal. So yeah. I, what I, what I wanted to jump into and, you know, I've, I, I used to have this conversation with a, a girl that I lived with for seven years. And of course uh, I should have known that you don't start this conversation with your girlfriend, but you know, like I, like I told you, I, I just basically for the audience, my experience in film, every success I've had has started with a woman. Even this show was my mentor. That's a woman saying, screw the editor that's screwing you over, quit, quit your job and start your own show. So mm-hmm. this tipping point regarding women's voices, um, also the production supervisor I told you about, I mean, Cameron Crowe, Alexander Payne, Oliver Stone, Steven Spielberg, all within the last five years come to set and ask her what's going on. So it's like, I'm, I'm going, where is this lack of women's voices when Oliver Stone is saying, catch me up to date, you know? So 
I think I want the audience to know, especially coming from a women's point of view, because we all know a man can never have a point of view about a woman because we're not women. Um, what is this that you could kind of enlighten the audience on without it, you know, so, so the audience. Sure. Can yeah. Be- yeah. I, yeah. I'm, I'm happy to talk about it. Um, I think there's a couple of things that you said that are really important. Um, one is the example that you're saying there about, you know, all of these male directors that were influenced by this female um, producer, but whose name do we know? We know Oliver Stone's name. And that it means that his, he is the one that has, and, and this is not specific to Oliver Stone, but this is across the board, those, you know, the, it's, the, it's the name and the director's name moving forward who has, is both controlling, you know, the stories that are being told, but also is the person that then controls the purse strings, right? It's Oliver Stone's name that can attract money moving forward, that can attract an audience moving forward. And that woman, who we can refer to as that woman because we, her name isn't a household name, that's a problem because she probably did have an enormous impact on his films. But ultimately, he's the one who's walked away with the ability to choose what stories get told and what stories don't. And that's no criticism of him at all in specific. It's just, it's a part of a system that's a very complex system where there is um, bias. And that bias is, is uh, shutting down our opportunities as a society to have a wide representation um, in front of us of different kinds of narratives. And those stories and those narratives, the power of, of filmmaking is a, is a part, you know, and, and movies and books, and, and that's all a part of, the, of what we ultimately believe we can become. So it's incredibly important the ability to see yourself up there and not, and not to have to use a proxy to do that. And I think that we as a women in the audience have learned very well how to empathize with um, male protagonists and the male gaze because that's what we've had. That's the option we've had by and large. Let's not say that there have been no female filmmakers. There have been great female filmmakers, but getting to see their films has been a difficult and challenging thing to, to find their films in this sort of, um, you know, because there were so much, there were so many, there were so far fewer of the of female uh, directed films, and also they were such smaller budgets. So um, we need those stories because we need to be diversifying the kind of stories that we're telling ourselves in society. It's it's through storytelling that we can grow empathy, and that's a part of what the sounding, you know, a part of what I believe the sounding my future film does is. It is a film that grows empathy in the world. It's a film that teaches us as we watch it or that asks the question of us, actually, more important than teaching us. It asks the question of us, what happens when we're exposed to someone who lives a completely different kind of life from us or who is a completely different kind of being? And, and we have two options. One is to judge them and um, make assumptions about them and, and or try to correct them and bring them into the fold. And the other is to learn from them and to be exposed to them and to actually grow with them as a result of that. Um, and I think that the latter, the latter is what I'm interested in and it's what I'm interested in exploring the questions around. So that's a huge part of it. I think there's, there's a lot of on, actually, I mean, what you started this whole program saying is we do have a Kickstarter for this film. Um, there are a number of facts on that Kickstarter page for the sounding around the statistics around women uh, directors and women in the industry. And, um, you know, the, the most sort of easiest to grasp and the most salient is 
that in uh, 2014, there 3% of studio directors were um, women. So women directing studio size budgets were 3%. And yet women are, of course, 51% of the population. We are 50% of the graduating film students, um, which is not necessarily an indicator of how many filmmakers are out there. I did not go to film school. Um, I, I came through the film world as an actor and um, so I learned filmmaking in a different way, but I didn't go to film school. So I'm not even a part of the 50% of the, that graduating class of women that are out there ready and able to make films that, that are, are having challenges that are being challenged in, in being able to make them and not just make their first film, but to actually get, get funding to make their second film and their third film. And, and the power in that, the importance in that for me is not that there's a lack of ability, of course not, and there's, there are plenty of incredible women directors out there, women writers, women producers, editors, cinematographers, et cetera. It's a lack of opportunity, and it's a lack of funding behind that opportunity. So well, that well, think, not only are I we making guys, films, but those films are getting seen. I think, I think personally, since you're probably – if you guys go on Facebook, Film Fatals, you can look them up um, – I know they're in LA, New York, I think Atlanta. There's so many branches. Uh, a couple of years ago, I came across we're, a filmmaker yeah. and uh, here at Newport uh, in Southern California. And she happened to be on air and she said, Oh, I want to tell you about this filmmaker group I was a part of. And, and she said, it's for women. And I, I wasn't standoffish in the way that I'm sexist. I was just standoffish in like, um, okay. You know, like, you know, like we were saying, there's these differences that were, uh, and most of them, when we just, once we discuss them, we realize that society has programmed them into us. So I was thinking, okay, if, if I had a group that just said no women, that probably wouldn't make people too happy. So I thought, okay, I'm going to go along for this. And I, I started having guests on and every single film. I, I mean, I, I was not shocked because it was a woman. What it made me realize was, was in some ways, it, and I don't know how to put this without it kind of sounding a little weird. It's almost like female films are scaring male directors and who gives the money to stories because they're so good. They're so, I, I think like the worst one I saw was like an eight, I'd give it an 8.5 if I had to pick one that I didn't like. And I, and I liked them all. And oh, I love, yeah. I love that there was always an openness. There was always a, uh, kind of like a, I think the one quality that most women in my life that are strong women and that I've known that are strong women or women I've dated have the, have that ability to at least try to understand the other side of a guy or it's just that joke that men's brains stop and women's brains are always going. Um, <laughs> but I, 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 it was kind of like, it was a big awakening and, and I'm not going to lie. I, part of the reason why I don't get back into pursuing films uh, at this time, except a couple of small projects with friends is because uh, these films that I get for the show are just like, yeah, you know, that's 10 times better than anything I've ever done. So, you know, why am I going to put five years of my life into finding money and then two years of marketing it and then hoping it gets picked up and then arguing with the director who gets the royalties and who doesn't and then lawyers and this and that. So it's like, so I loved the idea of the community aspect of what you guys do. I loved, you know, that we all have the bottom line. We all want to, you know, turn a profit. We all, we all have employees or whatever, but, uh, 
what I wanted to ask, and this can in some ways kind of wrap it up. Um, sure. Uh, let's see. Is and again, I don't mind how long this goes because I had a couple things I wanted to mention now. Because again, this goes back to I've been I've been learning ever since this election. I've been learning about how much or how many things are just put in us from society, from LGBT judgment to mental illness to all things that I've I'm not gay, but I have uh, one of our producers is, and he's always wanting to cover the LGBT films. Let me see. It was just yeah. this quote. Oh, I know what it was. So. Uh, it, in, in all honesty, and this isn't me being judgmental or uh, starting guff, and I do want to make reference one, to one thing. Um, I shouldn't have mentioned Oliver Stone because uh, I'm surprising that it's long enough to know that people might not know how he got his start, but uh, breaking into it because the, uh, America finally wanted to, even though they still ignore Vietnam, talk a little bit about Vietnam that was a bad example because to come out to come into the game as a Vietnam vet um, not saying that women didn't fight in Vietnam but they weren't drafted my father was in Vietnam um, so that was kind of a bad example so I kind of want to pull that out of audiences brains because that was just kind of something that you know if you were going to bring to the table a story that a, that a veteran was yeah. even willing to talk about um I mean, it's those amazing. guys don't even have and I, conversations. And a, yeah, and, I, and I'll just say, I, for, for my, I mean, I'm not, there's none of this is a conversation about any specific male director or producer or even a particular man. I mean, I find allies, male allies throughout this entire industry, like, you know, extraordinary talents, extraordinary creatives, people that I love working with. It's not about, it's, it's more an industry-wide um, bias that has just, has, has, it propagates itself. And so it's a part of, part of it is about our being aware that it's happening and, and that it's happening in 2016 and then taking the steps that we can take either as audience members, which is supporting a film like The Sounding, whether it's, you know, on Kickstarter or whether it's going to the movies to go see it or following it on Facebook because it's directed by a woman and then also hopefully because you're interested in the subject matter and finding out what that narrative is like and finding out, you know, because uh, obviously I don't just identify as a woman. There's a lot of things that I, um, you know, I'm, I'm a full human being. But Oliver Stone is an extraordinary director. There's no, um, in his particular experience, and, and I have no uh, reference point whatsoever for what his, his um, relationships were to, the, to his female colleagues. So it's not about any individual, individual person at all. It's, an, it's a kind of internalized bias within the industry, I believe. I don't think it's malicious. I really don't. But I do think it's now about that we need to take risks. We as an audience need to stand up and support diverse filmmaking, whether that's women, LGBTQ, people of color, uh, you know, whatever it is. We need to support diverse filmmaking. We need to support filmmaking also because narrative itself, you know, like Toni Morrison said, narrative itself is radical, um, she said in her in her uh, um, acceptance speech that I, be, I can't I won't be able to quote it exactly, but narrative is radical. We are cre- we are created in the moment of creating it, and I think there's something or something to that effect. And I think there's something really extraordinary in that. It really does shape us as as a culture. So we need to support filmmaking, but we also do need to make sure that that filmmaking is representative of what we are as a society and where we want to go. 
And I think right now it's a very bottlenecked, narrow door to, um, to those bigger level films, the films that can reach more people that have a bigger audience that have more financial support behind them. There's a bottleneck there and, and we need to open that door up wide so that all kinds of voices can get through. Um, and, and I don't just mean this in the world of filmmaking. I mean this in the world as well. I mean, I, you know, uh, my film happens to be a film that's championing otherness, but I also personally believe the world is a richer place um, when it's an inclusive place that understands the value in diversity and understands the value in difference. Uh, science does. The world of science understands it. It's, you know, there's, there's all kinds of um, wonderful scientific analogies and metaphors for how diversifying and change and, and complexity develop an organism and strengthen an organism. So I think that that's something we have to look at as a society. It's certainly something as a filmmaker, that's a part of my storytelling because it's what I'm interested in and curious about. And it's definitely a part of the sounding. Um, and it's a part of how we have pitched that Kickstarter campaign. One of our rewards is literally uh, there's a certain tier level where um, backers can support. It's my personal favorite tier level. Backers can support um, us going out for each backing at that level. We'll go out and make a film that profiles a person that's in a marginalized community. So it's essentially supporting giving otherness a voice. Um, so we'll go out and we'll make a small two to five minute aesthetically, hopefully beautiful film um, where someone in a marginalized community, be that a person of color, be that a religious community, be that, um, you know, mental health, be it physical disability, will get the chance to tell their own story. And that story won't be the full story. And it's not going to represent all people of color, or all people with mental health challenges, but it'll give one more person the chance to voice their story and voice what's, you know, joyous to them about living the life that they live within, you know, within that community that they live in. Um, and I think that there's something really exciting about that. So I was thrilled about that reward. Um, and I'm very excited to make those films as a part of the launching of the sounding, the feature film into the world. Well, that's, that's really good. And, and the last comment that I really think was, uh, does kind of, I mean, it does apply to the world. I actually have friends in other countries that are more irritated than some Americans I know about how the election went. And, um, and uh, like my friend in Mexico city, I said, Oh dang, man, I'm not going to be able to talk to you in a few months. There's going to be a wall. And he just says, it's okay, man. I'll yell over the wall. Um, <laughs> and, you know, we, we just love this idea that we're not supposed to be, do, be do, doing business with Mexico. So as soon as I'm not even going to say gets inaugurated, we're going to start doing business together. We figured that'd be our little protest of, that's I'm going to come over. Yeah. And, and we, and it was really just an odd timing. And then I said, wait a minute, let's just, let's just kind of do it to spite. Let's throw some of that in there. And he was like, okay, man. So, so I love so that. What, I love yeah, it. Well, at, and that's, what's been the coolest part of this show is that we have, we've had guests from Hawaii, from, from Mississippi, from when I went to the Vancouver international film festival, I interviewed guests from Toronto and, Vancouver and Finland and, and for the Palm Springs Festival, I've, we've had guests from uh, Germany and uh, Switzerland and France. Uh, so it's been really cool to listen to all these uh, different voices. I kind of feel like I personally get a free master's class every time I do this show. So I kind of feel like I'm uh, almost sometimes 
cheating and just getting to hear this great discussion from a <laughs> filmmaker. You know, they make this great film that I love, and then I'm not just sitting at the Q and A. I am the Q and A. So, so I, I love this. <laughs> Yeah, and, and it's so uh, to me, it's like cool. You know, I've I've gotten 150 masters class. I, I obviously pay a fee for the studio, but other than that, um, so uh, I we just wanted to say that the show, its purpose is uh, the purpose of this film, and that's why I wanted to bring it on. And I'll I'll finish my part, and I can let Catherine mention all of the social media uh, places to find it, but. Uh, we started this show because we were, uh, I was just thinking one day, man, I can make this short, but my buddy lives in Vancouver and the guy that knows how to edit a sound edit is in Tampa. And the, my writer friend is in Hawaii. And I was just thinking, everybody's too far away. I don't know enough people in Los Angeles. And so mm -hmm. then I was just happened to be in film journalism at the time. So I just thought, Hey, I, if I started this radio show and people could call in from all over, and we could cover film festivals, then we could bring in voices. And if you were to go through the mm. archives of the show, there's, you know, all those different um, filmmakers. So it's really, that was uh, basically what got, got this on the show was I was just thinking, Hey, this is, this is perfect. Um, so this is your chance to plug all the social media and uh, then we, <laughs> we can wrap it up. That's fantastic. That's a wonderful story, Paul, also. So thank you for doing it, because it also benefits the film community as a whole, too. So it's not just you that gets the Q&As. We all do. It's great. Oh, yeah. um, thank you. The, the sounding can be found on Kickstarter. It's, one, it's listed under the projects we love. Um, Kickstarter chose it as a project we love. They also chose it as a featured project of the day. It's called The Sounding a feature film about otherness. Um, you can look for it under that or else under my name, Catherine Eaton. We are also on Facebook under The Sounding Film. We're at The Sounding Film on Twitter. Um, I'm also at Catherine V. Eaton on Twitter. And we are also at The Sounding Film on Instagram. And, um, and our website is thesoundingfilm.com. Excellent, excellent. Well, it's great that you guys are everywhere. And uh, I appreciate that we uh, finally got to do this. I, I remember we, we talked over Facebook a long time ago. And then, so that's the other thing I, I really like about Facebook is that you kind of put stuff out there and then it just floats around the universe and then just drops. So that's the other real uh, thing that I appreciated about that networking that the film fatals do through Facebook. And it actually, mm. what's very interesting and last thing I want to say is that it kind of really puts, uh, you know, the the way in the business it used to be. Like my dad used to always say when I was a kid, and I didn't get it till I, of course till I was older. He would always say, "Never say something you don't want someone to hear," because you are always one person away from someone who knows the person you're saying it about. So uh, what I thought yeah. kind of funny about Facebook now is that when you when you meet someone, you that person shows you how many people they know, and I thought. I'm a nice guy anyways. We're a straight up show anyways. You know, we, we've never bashed a film. If we don't like a screener, we just say, hey, that wasn't our taste. Thanks for your time. We've never had, we don't believe that any of that is conducive to filmmaking. Um, that's why we, cool. I, don't call, I don't call myself a critic because I'm just a filmmaker that hosts a talk show. So I realized on that Facebook thing, I, I thought, wow, had we had one person that didn't like our show, you know, they know 17 people that they could have just been, hey, he's a bleeping idiot. Don't go on his show. 
And I'm not saying that's why I'm nice, but I'm saying that's the beauty of as much as Facebook, Facebook has killed the social experience and has killed getting together for coffee and has killed the handshake and all that. It has given the beauty of meeting other people. And even if you're just talking with them about film or, or if it's when you're in New York, let's do coffee or when you're in LA, let's do coffee. Um, then that's really what makes me the happiest. I had two filmmakers, one was from LA and New York. They came on here not knowing each other doing a show. And then I saw on Facebook one day that they were doing coffee. So I just emailed one of them. I said, did you guys know each other before the show? And they said, no. So the LA filmmaker had made time to get together with the New York filmmaker and network. And that was the whole point That's of our great. show was like, I'd always said to myself, I hope one day people meet through the show. And my biggest goal ever is that two people meet through the show and like make a film together or something. That would be like I my ultimate that. goal. Yeah, yeah that, so. I love that. It's about building community, and I, I think that's fantastic. I love it. I'm I'm completely yeah. down with that. And I think we can use it, you know, the, all these opportunities. These are all options. Like with the fact that Facebook has um, made it, you know, is a surrogate for communities is something that we can that we can work on. We can use Facebook as a way to create, as a way to actually create those meetings. You know what I mean? Instead of a substitute right. for them. So I think exactly. this is totally groovy and filmmakers that are listening out there totally get at me because I'm all about collaboration. So Excellent. Excellent. Well, thank you so much for coming by today and, uh, you know, keep me posted on how it goes and uh, you're, you're always welcome back. I, I tell every guest unless they hang up and say, God, why did I just waste my time with that guy? They're welcome back. <laughs> so just uh, all you got to do is let me know and we'll figure something out. Great. Thanks so much, Paul. I really appreciate it. I had a great time. Oh. Thank you. Have a good day. Okay. Bye. Bye. And that was Miss Catherine Eaton with the sounding. You can check that out on um, Kickstarter. Again, we're going to close with, uh, we don't usually cover Kickstarter campaigns and we are not has a, the show talking pictures, soliciting funds from you as a listener, but we are saying, please support this, check it out. We do endorse everything that it's about because it's, it, it is, their mission is kind of the mission of this show. So that's why when I read about it, I was like, eh, I got to get this on. You know how it goes. It ends the same time every way. I don't think I'll ever change the ending. So you're just going to have to deal with it. Whether it's morning, afternoon, evening, or whatever time of day you find yourself in, make sure and watch a good movie. Aloha. <laughs>